everybody, Julie Murphy here, and I am here to help you work things out with your money and not act them out through your money, through your health, or through your relationships. I always talk about the fact that we are human beings and we process our emotions through our money, our health, or relationships. So I'm going to give you some money tips here today based on college funding. Why? Because it seems to hit so many families across the country that it's time for us to actually start to think of perspective. So I'm going to share five things with you today uh, in situations that I've ran into with clients through the years that I think you need to take into consideration as you're looking to help either your newborn or nieces or nephews or that kid to go to college in the next couple of years. And it's really important for us to take a look at this. But don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe and hit that notification bell because I am going to continue to give you tips and tools around your financial life because of the fact that it is time for you to live exactly the life that you love and not do it with all these spending hangovers that we have. And certainly college is one of those areas that many of us have created lots of spending hangovers. I cannot tell you how many people I know that got their advanced degrees and they're sitting there making $1,600 to $1,800 payments because they decided to go to med school or law school and they're not even practicing law today. So let's um, take a look at this from a perspective of things to think about um, when you're not only helping your children, but if it's you, whether you've already done it or you're in the process. So let's start with number one. All right. So Paying for college is not what it used to be. And what is it that I mean by that? It's because of the fact that, you know, 25 years ago when a student would go to college, that's a lot of the parents that are planning for their kids to go to school now. Um, you could get a student loan in the United States and you would borrow the money and then you would be able to sign on the dotted line and voila, everything was taken care of. Well, then what started to happen through the years is default rates started to go through the roof with student loans. So now as you are in your 40s, 50s, or maybe early 60s, and you're about to send your kid to college, you're sitting here going, you know what? I had to pay for my own, so my kid is going to pay for their own. And that may or may not be a strategy that you want to consider. Why is that? Because of the fact that if you're not aware of this, student loans today often make it so that you, the parent, have to sign on the dotted line. I had a woman who had four children, and here, 15, 10 years before she's supposed to retire, she's now in over a half a million dollars in student loan debt because they didn't plan enough for their four kids to go to college because they were paying for the kids to, to live today, let alone plan for them when they were going to college, thinking that they would pay for it the exact same way that they paid for it. Get student loans, you work, and then you pay them off. Well, that's not necessarily the case today, which is not going to help most of you because you're going to have to co-sign because the default rates on student loans have gone through the roof. So that tells me that those who are making the rules are wanting to make sure that you are teaching your child financial muscles. Well, kind of hard to do when Many of us have not fully built our financial muscles anyway to live without having to have debt in our worlds. And so that leads me to point number two. Point number two is how can you approach college funding for your children 
to also help your children build those financial muscles. Now, I'm going to share a couple stories with you because I have watched parents over the last 25 plus years do some extremely creative things. And some of them I've watched work and some of them I've watched totally bomb out. And, you know, those parents that tend to just write the checks, you're not and you know you want to give and you know you want to help your kid out. But here's the deal. If you are just writing the checks, your kid has no skin in the game. Okay, maybe good, maybe not, maybe it be bad. That could just be because of the fact that you want to give your child more than what you had. Or that's what you do is you want to check the box. But we need to help the future of the world to sit here and say, how do I help you build your financial muscles? Well, the question is, is what kind of skin in the game does a kid have? So example number one, I had a client where they had told their children and, and keep in mind, they could have a hundred percent paid for all their kids schooling. So it's, it wasn't a lack of money. They absolutely could, but they didn't want their kids on, I'll call the financial nipple of their parents for years to come afterwards. So they had told their children when they were, and it started in like seventh or eighth grade to kind of plant the seed going, well, you know, you're going to consider doing things because we will match any money that you create for your own college. And, but we're not going to give you just, we're just not going to write you a check. We're gonna, and this is the most successful college planning I have ever seen to help your children build their financial muscles because they were part of the decision-making process. It wasn't just that mom was sliding that credit card or depositing the money in the checking account and poof, it all just happened to work out. No, what these parents did is they actually had their children stay in activities that they were interested in. So their oldest child actually decided he was a Boy Scout. So he decided to stay in Boy Scouts because then eventually, and the parents helped them with the vision because kids don't necessarily have this directly themselves. So it could be that you're playing sports. It could be that you're playing music or, you know, whatever you're interested in. How can you create a reality to where that may be some skin in the game for you to go to college? Well, this particular child was very much so in Boy Scouts. And when he wanted to quit, they said, well, you know, there's this thing called an Eagle Scout that you'll actually get a scholarship. And what happened six, seven years later is the son actually stayed with Boy Scouts probably longer than he wanted to. But he was finding the solution of how to put himself through school. So he did get the Eagle Scout Award. And then for an in-state school, the parents wrote some checks. But the kid was able to go to college. Mom and dad matched anything he put in. And he came out of school with no loans because we had an organization that could fund it. And then the parents matched it. Child number two, what did they do? So the younger ones learn from the older ones, don't they? So the younger one actually played the cello. And she decided that when she was looking at universities, that she really wanted to um, continue to play the cello. So she got a scholarship to a university that actually um, allowed her to play in the school orchestra. So parents, no problem. It was almost the same gig as the other kid. But then she got a little smarter and she said, well, mom and dad, now that you've matched all my money for undergrad, will you do it for my graduate degree for master's? And they go, yeah, we told you we'd support you. So this girl graduated at age 26 with her PhD in pharmacy with 50% paid by the university because she continued to play the cello in the or school orchestra. 
and 50% from her parents. And the parents to this day will say, we paid through the nose for our daughter, but 50% of it. And she came out making a six-figure income at age 26 with a PhD. So I share that story with you because it's all about in how you approach. Now, I remember when I was planning to go to college, the only perceived way to go to college, especially because I have 11 brothers and sisters, was to borrow money. And I remember my mother explicitly saying to me, Jewel, if you want to go away to college, you're just going to have to borrow money. And I remember sitting there going, but I don't want to borrow money. I don't like debt. I don't want to do this. But I thought it was my only way. And I'm here to tell you that there is always a way to do it differently. Another example from another client to get your skin, your kid's skin in the game is to actually, um, you may have your kid take out student loans. And depending on how the kid does in their grades depends on how much of the student loans you're willing to pay off as a parent. Again, the child has skin in the game. So for if you get A's, you get this. If you get B's, you get this. If you get C's, you get this. This way, they're part of the decision-making process. They're not just going to turn this into a six-year degree and screw around at college. And some kids, I've seen some parents not tell the kids that they're going to get any money and they're just under the assumption that they're going to do it. And then once they graduate and build some of those financial muscles themselves, then they pay some of the loan balance off, which actually leads me to number three. You are able to actually borrow money to send your kids to college but the government are not going to allow you to borrow money for your own retirement. I am often having parents have to choose between having to do their own retirement planning and do college funding. Now, if you haven't started to sneak money away before you have children, which not many people I meet have, of course, the people that I work with, I have them start squirreling money away years before they're even married or have kids so that when we're shifting it going, oh, I'm not going to put 500 bucks a month in this account. I'm going to now just shift it to this account, which is my kid's college fund. That's a different conversation, but that's not the majority of people. So if you're in that situation, I want you to think about the fact that if you're behind in your kid's college, you don't want to take these loans out per se because you don't want the kids. But I would suggest that if both of those goals are important to you as a parent, then I need you to actually scratch the itch on both of them. It's important for you to do college funding and it's also important for you to do retirement. One of the worst mistakes that I see people make is that they just cover the next hot button. And the next hot button is, oh my God, that kid's going away to school in three years. So I need to funnel all my money there and I'll worry about all the rest later. No, 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 no. They are not going to lend you money to actually retire. And you matter, and it's okay that you take yourself into account along the boat, which a lot of parents, again, my first book, The Emotion Behind Money, I talk about the fact that we are human beings, and the guilt and the shame and the blame and all that that comes up, particularly with college funding, is off the charts. So before you start telling yourself the story of the guilt that maybe you weren't good enough and you didn't put enough away and you financially screwed up, you didn't put enough away for your kid's college. Don't worry about it because it's okay to scratch the itch on both sides. I'm constantly telling parents that, you know what? If you've left it a better place than where you got it, that's great. Don't worry about it. So just remember in your process that they will lend you money for college. They will not lend you money to retire. So you need to take yourself into account as well. So if you have 400 bucks to save every month, have 200 bucks a month going to the college fund and 200 bucks a month going to your retirement. 
and keep splitting up those raises and those bonuses and those tax returns, have them go in half because both of them are important to you. And you may have other goals specific to you that it may be, maybe you have three goals, maybe you have four goals, whatever that is, make sure you scratch the itch across the board. Otherwise you're likely to regret it. And then you're just compounding the guilt and the shame, the blame and the judgment around all your financial decisions. So point number four here on college planning is that I want you to consider the fact that there, you can plan for in-state school, out-of-state schools, or private. And why do I say that? So depending on what state you live in in the United States, or depending on what country you live in overseas, will depend on the different levels and the different types of universities that you can go to. So it's important for you to take a look at what are those costs, what are the differences, and does that matter to you? One of the things that I find extremely interesting is that it must have been 25 years ago, 20 years ago, that all these universities, at least here in the United States, must have been sitting at some kind of conference and somebody gave the idea, hey, 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 don't give away all your endowment money to scholarships, only give away the interest on your money in the endowment funds. So what we're watching happen today is that so many of these private institutions, which on paper look like they're at more cost, but in reality, what's your net cost out of pocket? I had a client recently that their child had the decision between five different universities. Well, one of those universities, because it was a private institution and all of them had programs that were good for their child's um, degree, that university actually gave them 100% covered because they wanted to attract students like her to their university. The parents had actually done some college savings. So what happened is she got all these scholarships for her undergrad going to this private institution because it was the interest off the endowment fund that they gave these scholarships out to. And then they used the 529 plan, the college fund that the parents had saved, and used that money to actually fund her law degree. So I am watching across the board that there is a lot of money to be had in private institutions, as many of these publicly run universities have been fiscally defunct and not run properly, that we are seeing more money get to these students from private institutions than we are some of these public institutions that just keep raising the prices, raising taxes, raising prices, raising taxes. At some juncture, that gets the best of you. Which leads me to actually number five. Number five is the fact that many parents will argue with me that the costs for college have got to go down. Hmm. I want you to pause for that a moment. Will we see higher education reform? Maybe, maybe not. One of the things that I'd like for you to think about, if you're thinking of kicking the can on this decision, that reform's just gotta come and I'm just gonna ignore it. Well, you don't necessarily have to save that money in a specific college fund. It could be that if we have reform, great. Well then, you don't have to spend all you were gonna spend on college for your kids. But if we don't have reform, do you want to sit there and be holding the bag? I think not. You don't want this to be decision by default because you weren't proactive. Instead, you're putting yourself in a place of reactivity when it comes to college funding. So I want you to think about the fact that we have supply and demand. You know, the United States in particular has a high demand for their education. It's not only in the United States, it's around the world. So if you look at savings rates of different countries, 
something to think about is the fact that there are countries that have better savings rates than the United States. And those people have the cash to send their kids to any university around the world. And depending on where you live, the universities that are in high demand around the world are not going to decrease their costs anytime soon. Why? It's supply and demand, simple economics. So I would ask you to reconsider how much are you really putting into, is this going to be reform on costs coming down or is it simple economics of supply and demand of higher education that is the quality that most of the people would love for their students to go to. So I hope these five tips helped you in your college planning for your kids, nieces, nephews, grandkids, whichever. There are lots of tips and tools that I can share with you. So please make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell because I'm here to help you live the best life that you can. Take care. Bye.